Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth. I'm an intimacy coach and psychologist. I created this show to explore the erotic alphabet, to help you learn more about desire and expressing your desires, discover ways to spice up your relationship and create that sizzling relationship you've always wanted. I do this through solid science, real life stories and interviews with an exciting variety of sex experts. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create your ideal sexual life. Make sure you join us to access even more sexual strategies on my blog, A to Z of Sex. Access our monthly newsletter with subscriber-only offers at www.atozofsex.com. That's A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the second series of the A to Z of Sex. I'm Dr. Lori Beth, and I am your host. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. Just a reminder, this podcast deals with adult content. So if you don't have total privacy, you might want to put on your headphones. Today, the letter is B, and B is for bondage. People who enjoy bondage enjoy being restrained. This can take many forms, from the very simple like using neckties to tie someone's legs to the bedposts, to using handcuffs, to ornate shibari and kimbaku, Japanese bondage, to suspending someone. Some people enjoy having their senses restrained by being in a mask or a hood that limits sight, smell, and hearing. Others just enjoy a blindfold. Before we begin to delve into the different types of bondage, down to the nitty-gritty, along with some do's and don'ts and some recommendations for learning, I'd like to talk a bit about why people report enjoying bondage. To people who have never tried anything like bondage, the whole idea can seem frightening. After all, most people associate bondage with something that is done without your consent. Consent is a first priority when engaging in bondage with a partner. And next week's podcast, C is for Consent, delves into the subject in great detail. Could bondage be something you would enjoy? If you haven't tried any bondage, think about how you feel when someone sets up a surprise for you. If you've ever been blindfolded or told to close your eyes before a surprise, you will remember that feeling of butterflies in your stomach, a mixture of anxiety and excitement that most people experience when the blindfold goes on. We rely on our sight so much that being without it can be scary indeed. But when you agree to have a surprise, then usually most people enjoy that bit of fear, anxiety, and excitement. And if the surprise is a good one, the whole experience is exciting and becomes a fond memory. If you think about the blindfold experience for a moment, note what it is about that experience that gives you the butterflies. Is it partly excitement? Is it fear? Is it about being out of control? 
For many people, it's all of these things. And this is also true for other kinds of bondage. Here are some of the things that clients have told me about why they enjoy bondage so much. Jade told me that for her it is freeing. She said that giving up control and responsibility free her of all anxiety and allows her to accept pleasure, which she finds very difficult when not bound. Robert told me that for him, bondage allows him to fully surrender. He said that he finds it almost impossible to surrender to his partner without being restrained. He said that restraint allows him to submit without fighting. Margie told me that she likes the feeling of being held by the ropes that restrained her. Margie enjoys Kenbaku and says that she loves being tied into an intricate rope corset. She said that being held closely makes her feel very secure and loved. Virginia likes being restrained in handcuffs and chains. She says that the chains excite her and that they allow her to act out the fantasy of being a captive. Virginia says she finds it hard to accept pleasure and that being chained means she doesn't have a choice but to accept what her lover chooses to do to her. John likes being wrapped like a mummy. He said that he loves the total sensory deprivation. He says that his experiences are intense and he has the most amazing orgasms when in this space. As you can see, each person has a different experience and different reasons for enjoying bondage. Some people enjoy bondage as part of a power exchange and others enjoy bondage on its own as part of an equal relationship. Some enjoy bondage and discipline and others just enjoy the bondage. Before we move on to the descriptions and a bit of the how-to part, let's talk about safety. First, it is always advisable to be sober when engaging in bondage. Um, now, sometimes people argue about the importance of sobriety and not being in an altered state as a result of drugs when engaging in um, kink and BDSM and bondage. Um, this isn't a moral judgment. This is really very much a safety issue. It's about reaction times. It's about the ability to stay in good contact with the person that you are playing with and to be able to ascertain when something is wrong. So um, because if somebody gets into difficulty when bound, it can be extremely dangerous and in some cases life-threatening, it's really important that you're able to A, pick it up really quickly and B, act really quickly and really decisively. And it's harder to do that if you're not sober. So if you're drinking alcohol, it makes it harder to do that. Um, if you've taken substance, other substances, it makes it harder to do that. So general rule of thumb, do this when you're sober. 
there are some obvious things to consider, like making sure that any bonds are not cutting off any circulation. This is also true for looking at handcuffs and chains, as well as ropes and other cloth. You really should never tie anything around the neck in a way it, at all, but particularly not in a way that can tighten. It's just simply straightforward dangerous. If you think of chaining someone via a neck loop, there should be enough chain for them to fall to the floor so that if they faint and they fall off whatever they're chained to, you don't run into difficulty, you don't run into them strangling themselves. You need to make sure to tie above or below a joint and not on a joint. And avoid tying tightly on pressure points and preferably avoid pressure points. You need to learn how to tie off knots so that things can't get slip or get tighter. There are some particular additional risks with bondage for some people. Some people faint when bound too tightly. Others faint when bound in particular positions with the bindings in particular places. So you might not be pressing on a pressure point, you might not be pressing on the vagus nerve, but some people when they're put in certain situations can faint. And so it's really best to take a really good workshop on bondage before diving into doing bondage with your partner. Um, if you're in the UK, workshops by S&M are, are superb. Um, there are good workshops all over the world. And I advise people that before they actually get into the practice, go and take a really good workshop. It's important not to leave someone tied for too long. If you're feeling pins and needles, you need out of the bondage before lasting damage is done. Never leave someone restrained unattended. And if the person is gagged, never leave them out of your sight. Check in regularly with the person to see how they are feeling. This may not seem sexy, but at the beginning, it's essential to learn how different things feel to the person who is restrained so you can make sure they're safe and also to confirm enjoyment. Um, people talk about using safe words. Uh, if you're going to be bound and gagged, it, it, it's a good idea to also have safe signals. Which body part can you move so you can flag up that there's a problem? This is also important if you are in a circumstance where there's a lot of noise in the environment. There are a number of different types of bondage. Um, one is to make someone sexually accessible. Uh, this is sometimes called sexual bondage. And the main feature is to be able to make someone sexually available. Examples of this are tying legs to the bedpost so someone is spread eagled. Or tying in a way that exposes, exposes ass and vagina. So a hog tie can work in this way where the hands and feet are tied behind the back and, and tied to each other, tied together. Sometimes a rope or a chain is placed at the placed between the genitals or put pressure on the genitals. So it's placed between the legs. Um, sometimes the person doing the tying, the top might tie a person and then sexually tease them instead of using the person sexually themselves. But this type of bondage is all about availability and arousal. 
there's bondage for a purpose. So sometimes um, you will tie for a specific purpose, like putting somebody in a position for a spanking or tying somebody decoratively to display them. People can be tied into positions to be furniture or chained so that they can perform a particular service. They can be tied on bondage furniture or restrained with handcuffs or chains. So, um, for example, there uh, often if you go to a play party or a dungeon, you'll see bondage benches, which have places where somebody can either be cuffed or tied to, um, or a St. Andrew's cross, and people are often bound to the cross. You can also use bondage as restraint for torture. So you're tying somebody into a position that is uncomfortable, and that's the purpose of the bondage, that it be uncomfortable, and the person who is tied there be able to manage that discomfort. And this can be done as part of sexual play, and it also can be done as a punishment. Meditative bondage is not seen that much in the West, but in Japan, it's much more common. In this type of bondage, the person's restrained and then spends the time meditating, and it's expected that by the time they are released, they will achieve a higher level of spiritual enlightenment. Bondage can also be done for sensory deprivation, either partial or total. And in this type of bondage, one goal is sensory sensory deprivation and or sensory control. Gags are used in this way. And there are many types of gags. Some of them completely block the possibility of talking and others do not. Some people are confined in complete head masks with padding so that sound is muffled and sight is not possible. And their mouths are closed. And only small breathing holes are left. Some people use gas masks as well. Breast bondage is very popular. Breasts are sometimes decorated and then bound in a way that is also decorative. Verbal bondage is practiced when a person is restrained from speaking, and this can take a physical form through the use of a gag or tape over the mouth. Or it can simply be an agreement that someone will not talk until they are released to do so. There are a wide variety of materials used for bondage. Bondage tape is used specifically for bondage, obviously. It's been designed for bondage, and it comes in many colors. And it's easy to cut through in order to release someone quickly, and it's designed not to be irritating to the skin. Although you should make sure that you check, um, do a patch test to see if your skin becomes uh, very irritated as a result of the tape. Because sometimes that's not an outcome that you particularly want. Ropes come in many types of thicknesses and many materials. Hemp and silk are the most commonly used for bondage, but there are heavier ropes and scratchy ropes picked particularly because they cause additional stimulation. Scarves and ties are frequently used because they are easy to grab hold of in most households and are soft in texture. And in some cases, um, people will design a scene where the person rips off, rips off a shirt, for example, 
and rips it into strip, strips and then uses it to tie the person. Leather belts are used, again, because of the ease in getting hold of them and also the ease in releasing someone. That produces a different sensation. Obviously, the leather doesn't give as much often as things like cloth. Chains, people use thin decorative chains, but they also use thick, very heavy chains. And it depends on what they're trying to accomplish with the bondage, what, what they'll choose to use. People use handcuffs, leather wrist, wrist and ankle restraints. And there are a lot of different types of cuffs from the standard police metal to antique Victorian iron ones to padded leather ones specifically designed for bondage. Sometimes spreader bars are used to bind a person in position with their legs or arms spread. Sometimes someone will use two sets of spreader bars. So you'll have the arms spread and you'll also have the legs spread. Straight jackets are used to bind arms to body and to restrict movement. This is more intense than using just wrist and ankle restraints. People who enjoy mummification can be wrapped in cling film or saran wrap. They can be wrapped in a sleeping bag or in a leather or latex wrap designed for full body restraint. People who are claustrophobic uh, usually find this type of bondage extremely difficult. As many of you will probably know, claustrophobia is when somebody has a morbid fear of being in enclosed spaces. So sensory deprivation is usually problematic for people who are claustrophobic. Cages are loosely defined as bondage as they restrict your movement to a small area. Cages appeal to people who enjoy being confined, but not closely confined. They also appeal to people who physically cannot manage for being bondage in any period of time without risking physical injury. So, for example, people who have autoimmune disease or those who have osteoarthritis really don't do well if you bind them in a particular position for long. So the cage allows the person to be restrained without the threat of unwanted injury. Again, people who are claustrophobic can have difficulty with this type of bondage. Kinbaku in Japanese means tight bonding, and it's a Japanese style of BDSM that involves tying up the bottom using rope in intricate designs. In the West, it's also come to be called shibari, which means to tie or to bind. There are many rules about the aesthetics of Kinbaku, but equally important is the part of the kimbaku that has to do with the relationship between the person who's doing the tying and the one who's being tied. You should note that this type of bondage is very particular with a particular set of aesthetics, a particular set of goals for the tie. It's best learned from a master of the art. If you're a fan of rituals, then kimbaku may be very appealing to you and work very well for you. Again, if they're in the United Kingdom, look up S&M, E-S-I-N-E-M to look for specific workshops on Kimbaku and Shibari. Here are my do's and don'ts for exploring this erotic area. 
do talk long and in depth with the person you're going to engage in bondage with. Make, do make sure that you're clear on consent. Do be clear about limits. Health conditions, like, and in, in limits, you want to include things like whether you can have marks or not. Because if you're bound with certain materials, you're more likely to have marks. Clear about health conditions and be clear on safe word and gesture. Do at least take a Bondage 101 or intro workshop in person rather than just reading books, although there are some great books out there. And it's best to do this in person and not with a YouTube because in YouTube you can copy them, but you don't get the feedback from the instructor. And so sometimes people are making errors without even realizing that that's what they're doing. Do enjoy choosing the restraints and the materials with your partner. Do try a number of different types of bondage and restraint and see what you enjoy most. Do make the time to talk with your partner after the session and compare notes and make sure that you were both happy with what happened. Do take your time and explore. Don't rush into engaging in bondage without training. Don't engage in bondage with someone when you or they are intoxicated. Don't engage with bondage, in bondage with someone before you've talked about what you plan to do. This should be a thorough negotiation. Don't leave someone who is bound on their own without a means of release. And it's preferable not to leave them on their own. Don't engage in bondage without telling the person you're engaging in it with the details of your physical health and any physical or psychological limitations you may have. Those are my main do's and don'ts. Resources can be found at the end of the blog for this podcast. One other thing um, to consider, even experts at bondage have a pair of scissors so that they can cut someone out. They have keys available. They have all sorts of ways to do a quick release in case something goes wrong. There are a lot of things that people um, engage in that are a lot of fun that are not very high risk. Bondage can be extremely high risk. So it's essential that you have good training and that you also have the things at your disposal that you'll need to handle any kind of an unpredicted situation that arises. Thanks for joining me this week for the A to Z of sex. Write in with your questions to Dr. Lori Beth at a to Z of sex.com. That's a T O Z O F S E X. Visit both websites, www.a to Z of sex.com and www.the-intimacy-coach.com to learn about good sexual relationships, alternative sexual choices, and learn to sizzle and create that ideal, lasting, intimate relationship. For a free 30-minute session with me, head over to www.a2zofsex.com 
and click on the button that says Book Now. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes and or Stitcher and please subscribe. Join me next week when the letter will be C and C is for consent. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the A to Z of sex. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes and make sure you head over to www.atozofsex.com. That's A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X. To subscribe to my free newsletter to help you keep your sex life sizzling. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes as we work our way through the sexual alphabet to discover the wide world of sex, sexuality, desire, and intimacy. Knowledge gives you the power to create relationships that bring you satisfaction and joy. Hope to see you next week.